the 2019 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Biblical Theology is like just a couple of days away, like four days away, five days, five today, days today away. Is Monday. Well, you don't count Monday. If yeah, it's you on count. Monday. You count Monday, you Tuesday, count Monday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, today, five days. The, the release of the episode is Monday. Yep. Five you don't days. count Monday because it already is Monday. You go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no, 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 four you, days. You count. Today. Doesn't matter. The day. The day Doesn't is matter. Not, May third. May third. May third. That's when it starts. May third and fourth. Conference on Biblical Theology. It's going to be awesome. There is still time to register. Get in on it while you can and uh, show up. For details, check out uh, doctrineanddevotion.com slash conference. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. I don't see you anymore. No. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm always around. I'm everywhere. Yeah, I never see you anymore. Oh, what do you mean you never see me? You're always going. always working. Oh, sorry. You're always I, working. I got the J-O-B. Yeah, you're always working. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and like, I really want to hang out. And then you're like... You give me like two minutes notice to go to like an escape room. Yeah. You're like, hey, you want to go to an escape room in two minutes? I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't say two yeah, minutes. Can't, like, Jen was, and I can't do it. First of all, it was like three hours. Okay. Uh, it was like not three hour notice. Possible. Not yeah. possible. Yeah. Not possible. But even if, here's the thing, even if I gave you a week's notice. Nope. No, no. Even if I gave you a week notice. Jen said, if they give us more notice, we, I would love to go. Okay. Yes. Oh, no, no. I don't doubt that. Yeah. That I don't doubt. Yeah. It's whether or not you show up. No, we would show up if, oh, if, oh, if you dude, invited us and listen, said, "Hey, there's in- been there's been things on the calendar for a quarter of yeah, the year, yeah. and you don't show okay, up to but it." That, you know, it depends. <laughs> if you were to, if you said, "Hey, come join us for an escape room," and you gave us a week or two weeks notice, and we, we and we could go, we would definitely go. Even with a three month notice, uh, you still we, don't we, show. We, we like we would we would go. It'd be fun. Three hours notice. Hey, um, I'm actually looking forward to that one. I keep telling Steve and Michelle, I'm like, we're not gonna go do the the Bigfoot one without you guys. Yeah, I want to, I want to do the Bigfoot. Exactly. One. That's yeah. the one I want I knew you wanted. Listen, do. there's only I mean, I know I know some stuff about the Sasquatch. Exactly. You I know. need you. My there. my co-host is a Sasquatch, so yeah, I know I, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I hate I, I hate everything. Hey, about what do we uh, what are we going to talk about today? 1689, Ooh. chapter 15, paragraph 1 and 2, but that's kind of weird, Joe. Last time we did the 1689, mm-hmm. we 15, jumped. We were doing number 3. Right. Because it was more of a definition of it, right? Right. But now like Huey Lewis says, we're going to go back in time. Mhm. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, we're going to paragraphs 1 and 2 in the 1689, chapter 15. Jimmy, do you want to read paragraph 1? Yep. Such of the elect that are converted at riper years, having sometime lived in the state of nature and therein served diverse pleasures, God in their effectual calling gives them repentance to life. Oh, that paragraph's talking about you, Jimmy. What? what that right? is talking about you. Right? I was thinking maybe you. You? Like, oh, you. Ripe, like, because you kind of look like... A skeleton. Remember oh, that no, one? No, I'm rotten. No, I'm not ripe. I'm yeah, rotten. You're, you're riper. You yeah, know? Okay. Remember that one? The Crypt Keeper. That's yeah, what you look like. Yeah. Yeah. If the Crypt Keeper was chubby. Yeah. That would be me. <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, is like those who were converted in riper years, having sometime lived in the state of nature. I mean, we're talking about people that were converted later in life. Mm-hmm. As opposed to those maybe at a younger age. Right. Right. So, you know, they got some people like my daughter, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no idea when she was converted. Only that she was converted uh, young enough that we never really could see a time when she didn't demonstrate yeah. a faith in Jesus. She demonstrates that she's a sinner, but she's also always demonstrated as long as we could see real repentance and yeah. real faith. And so, 
what's what they're pointing out here is that um, when when a young person is converted and they haven't had the opportunity to really live in the world, I love it, that they haven't had the opportunity. Yeah, well, because there's rules, got restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Unless, but like you make it sound like they missed out. Well, you know, in my case, they, they missed out on all the fun. Listen, people don't know. I like I didn't have rules growing up. Oh, you had nothing. I had I no had rules. mom and dad love me. You still uh, don't have rules. They, Your they love, they, oh, I got rules. You, no, I got Jen, rules. She said no donuts today. And you uh, had how many? I had a half a donut. Uh, see? But that's exactly. not a donut. No, no, no. no. That's, that's not a donut. That's half the donut. Rule. Point is. Kind of like how you're on a fast, a cigar fast. How long have you been on a cigar fast? I've been on a cigar fast for about a week now. Okay. How many cigars have you smoked? I can't keep track of how many that is. <laughs> so you're just, it's not that you're fasting from them. You're smoking them fast. That's right. So gotcha. I'm doing still a fast. Technically, <laughs> that's how I do it. All right. So, um, but like the, the, the kids, you know, when they're growing up, like you, you can tell that they're sinners, obviously, like you don't have to teach your kids to mm. be little rebels, but the, 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 the work of conversion in them, the work of regeneration produces faith and repentance, but because of their life and their age and their stage, you might not be able to see that repentance in a, in such a demonstrable way as you do when somebody's converted later in life, mm -hmm. because they're in the world, they're living in the world. Like when you're talking about de demonstrable, it's, are you talking about like how, you know how people try to one up their conversion stories? Oh, yeah. Like they they one up kind of their sin. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, I was. You know, I was smoking pot. Oh, I was snorting that. I coke. was I was smoking pot in fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep going younger Which and younger. So I was. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you're talking about like it's such a, it doesn't maybe appear as as a radical. Change. Yeah, it's just not as demonstrable. It's not as evident, right? Mm -hmm. So, but when you like, let's say you know you're a, you're a grown man and you have a job, and so now you have broader, deeper relationships. You have real responsibilities and and important responsibilities. And uh, you've developed a code of ethics by which you live or by which you, you know, break, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so people can see. And so when you repent, suddenly, like, there are more avenues for that repentance to be seen in your work practices, right? And how you relate to your your friends, your your spouse, if you're a boss, those people that are under you. And so repentance later in life, when you're in those riper years, um, because you've lived in that state of nature and you've in, been able to indulge in more of those worldly pleasures, mm -hmm. repentance is just more obvious. Mm. And so that's, that's, you know, what's happening here in paragraph one is you're saying, listen, there are people who are converted later in life yeah. when they've had more opportunities to pursue sin mm -hmm. uh, and therefore it says God in their effectual calling gives them repentance unto life. So this is repentance unto life mm -hmm. that is granted to these people that becomes evident, demonstrable. It's real. Yeah. So then when we talk about that, like, is is one better than the other? No, no. It's just there. It, it's there's more sin to be reckoned with, right? There's more. Okay. It's like a little kid's world is very small. A child's world is very small. You know, they're, uh, they're, they sin and transgress God's law, uh, mm -hmm. but in, I would, I would imagine fewer capacities and even over from, in most cases, uh, less significant, um, causes, mm -hmm. right? So like a little kid is mad because, um, I, I remember when I was, uh, six or seven, I wanted the purple popsicle. All right. I wanted oh. the purple popsicle. Grape. I want the grape popsicle. Mm. And waiting for the grape popsicle, those bullet, those rocket popsicles look like little rockets. No one likes grape. Yeah. Oh, I love grape. So grape's good. And um, so anyways, I'm waiting. So my mom was babysitting a bunch of kids. And, uh, and so the popsicles were getting doled out. And then I get 
the stinking green popsicle, which that's is the, the worst. One. No, that's the worst. Oh, no, stop that it. is the best. Green is obviously the worst. <laughs> how how is it obviously the worst? Grape, cherry, orange, green. That's the order, you dummy. You know it is. Don't try and get me riled up. <laughs> Anyways, I'm waiting for the great popsicle, and it's my house. My mom's babysitting, and I don't get the great popsicle. I get the stinking green one, the worst one, and I start like crying about it. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean, like cry? Like tears? Yeah, yeah. Wait. A little kid, man. I was like, well, well was maybe it, I was 14? whining. 15? No, no, I was like six or seven. I believe you were 14. Right, but continue. Now, I, I live in West Chicago, so I remember I was young. So I started crying, and my mom's like, "Hey, listen, you get what you get. Like, mm. don't, don't be a baby." But the little girl that got the uh, great popsicle, she bought it to me. Goes, "You can have this." And then I was like, I don't want it. <laughs> that, that's you. Get it. That, that is totally <laughs> you. <laughs> that, that's not me anymore. Stop that. That's still you now. So my point is, is like, so you can see like there was, there was, there was selfishness and mm-hmm. pride there over a popsicle. Yeah. And so um, when you're young, you just don't have the same amount of opportunities and the stakes aren't as high mm-hmm. in terms of their practical relevance in, in your sin. And so when you're older, there's just more opportunities. You think of like Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse 10, right? For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Godly grief, grief over mm-hmm. what I have done. It's going to be more evident. It's going to be more clearly understood mm-hmm. in those riper years than it will be in uh, later ones. So repentance is something that we really do look for, yeah. especially in adult converts. Do they have a, do they have clarity over their sins, their um you know, their transgressions very specific to their lives. What are they repenting of? Yeah, are they able to articulate it and mm-hmm. pinpoint it? Are they able to recognize it, like you said? Um, and not their, just... Yeah. Go ahead. And what their idols are. Correct, right? yeah. All the converts that we've seen, they can they can pretty much tell you pretty clearly, yeah, this was my God right here. My music was my God or my job was my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's I, we, that, that, that is how repentance can be evident. Mm-hmm. You know what uh, is even more evident, Joe? The 1689 Conference on Biblical Theology. Well, probably not the 1689, but the Doctrine of Devotion Conference. I'm I'm in 1689 mode. (laughs) On Biblical Theology, that's happening May 3rd and 4th. The 2019 Doctrine and Devotion Conference oh, of Biblical Yeah, that's theology. it. That's Good the job, one. Joe. That's this, the one. I don't have to go that's back in time one. for this conference. Yeah, no, no, they no, no. To, you did really. The, we don't have to get in the DeLorean to go back to no, get no, to this no, conference. No, no, no. Hugh Lewis is not needed for this. 2019. We just brought that back to See Hugh Lewis. That's You're really welcome. Good. So May 3rd and 4th, we got uh, Jim Hamilton, Doug Logan, Joe Thorne, Fofo will be there, Steve McCoy, Pond, uh, Nick Batzig, Phil and Jasmine Holmes, and Jen Thorne. All of them. Yeah. We'll we're, all gonna, we're all going to be there, and we're all going to wear matching sequined outfits. No, it's no, going we're not. To be awesome. No, we are not. So we're looking forward. You still have time. Listen, uh, we've placed the orders for the T-shirts, but we'll have some extras there, uh, limited numbers. But so get in while you can, so we can save. Uh, we could save your T-shirt. Head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com/slash/conference. All right, Jimmy. So when we're moving into into paragraph two of chapter fifteen, mm-hmm. uh, it says this. Whereas there is none that does good and does not sin, and the best of men may, through the power and deceitfulness of their corruption dwelling in them, with the prevalency of temptation, fall into great sins and provocations, God has, in the covenant of grace, mercifully provided that believers so sinning and falling be renewed through repentance unto salvation. I love the 1689. It is good. It's so honest. The Reformed tradition is honest. I mean, it's biblical, it's true, but man, it, it explains... All the connections, if you're justified, you're going to be sanctified, mm-hmm. right? But it also explains and and allows for this reality that um, people mess up. 
Yeah. Bad. Yeah. And but but and, but those people they weren't really believers though, Joe. Right. <laughs> right. I know. They were they they were pretty immature. If I mean, how could that person possibly be a believer if they did? That thing. Exactly. That you, thing. You know that thing. They sat in my chair. <laughs> they sat in my chair in my row on Sunday morning. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's worthy of uh, of doubting someone's salvation. Whoa. Yeah. Have you not read scripture, Joe? Uh, yeah. You know, Thou I mean, shalt not steal my okay. seat. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's just like, you know, it's, it's never the sins. Or it's rarely the sins that we commit. It's always oh, yeah. that sin. Like that. How could you do that thing? The thing. Well, you mean the thing you haven't done? Yeah, exactly. The thing I haven't done. How can you do that thing and be a real Christian? And it's like, well, I don't know, man. If you read your Bible, like, there's all kinds of like really bad sins that believers have committed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, let's just note what it says here, right? The very yeah. first thing it says is, whereas there is none that does good and does not sin. So, I mean, big picture here, right? Right off the bat, everybody uh, is continues to sin. And because yeah. everybody continues to sin, everybody needs to regularly repent. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's a given. Even though you've been renewed and you have this new spirit in you and you have the Holy Spirit and in you. And you have this assurance of your salvation. You have all the spiritual blessings, right? Yeah. All of the um, uh, the saving graces. Yeah. Uh, yet you're, you're not going to be free from sin in this life. And so then it continues, right, Jimmy? Yeah, and the, uh, and the best of men oh. may... Through the power and deceitfulness of their corruption dwelling in them with the prevalency of temptation, fall into great sins and provocations. I love that first clause. And and the best of men. men. All right. You're the best around. Nothing's going to take you down except your sin. Yeah, I don't know the words. (laughs) So, um, okay. So this is how we, how, when we think about backsliders, if we're just honest, most people think of weak Christians Correct. who are, you know, they're you know, those people have never, they're not serious. They're just totally, you know, got bad theology and bad hygiene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm saying that's probably how people think about it, right? Yeah. That's how they got, you know, halitosis and they're just, they're, you know, they're, they're a mess of a person. Um, but the, but the confession says, no, 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 the, 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 even the best Christians, mm-hmm. right? The people that are, even are the ones that don't annoy you. Right. Like even the ones that, that you look at, you, I want to be like that person when they fall. It doesn't mean that they have fallen. And that means that they have been a sham the whole time. No. At some point, they might have become fake. At some point, they certainly got into trouble. But it doesn't mean that God wasn't at work and they weren't believing and godly and, and had a robust faith. Mm-hmm. So this is I mean, this is reality. As strong as you may be spiritually by the grace of God, as healthy as your faith may be by the work of the Holy Spirit, you can fall and fall hard. I mean, yeah. it is, it is and we've not seen beyond that. us. We've seen that in the church today. We've right? seen it. Yep. I mean, people that have been tremendously used by God. Uh, people, Tremendous blessing to the, the, the kingdom. Absolutely. God has used certain men and women in tremendous ways uh, and we see how they fall. And so like, I mean, within our network of Acts 29, within the Southern Baptist Convention that we're a part of, mm-hmm. within the broader Chicagoland area um, and then across the nation, we see it. Like guys that have been powerfully used and who I would believe had a very strong and real faith Yeah, get into trouble. Yep. Now, all right. If, if, first of all, one, one thing, if, if this is true that even the best Christians um, may and, and, and can, and, and, and some will mm-hmm. fall into great sin and provocations. How does that happen? 
well, the 69, I mean, it says through the power and deceitfulness of their corruption mm. dwelling in them. Yeah. Right. So it's that, in, it, it's that, first of all, internal corruption and second temptation. So when we're talking about internal corruption, what are we talking about, Joe? Yeah, well, uh, the principle of sin that remains in us, you are not free from that. And the, the for me, like the big wake-up call is, hey, man, it's not because of your environment. It's not because mm. of your – it's not your hood. Uh, it's, it's not your circumstances. All of those things vary. There are people in your circumstance that, that don't commit that sin. There are people in, the, in, yeah. your, in your hood that don't do that thing. So when we say – uh, well, I found myself falling into sin. The problem is internal. The problem is me. There, there was a powerful corruption mm-hmm. inside of me. And it's, you know, there's this desire that is, you know, in the heart, it's, you know, it gives birth to, to lust and yeah. sin and ultimately to death. James says. And like, yeah. And like what you said earlier, Joe, right? Like it's, um, it's, it's, true repentance then, right? The believer yeah. is able to recognize that corruption. Right. Right. And so they're not making excuses what you're talking about. They're not making excuses for their sin, but owning and the fact that there is still that internal corruption. Yeah. Because I mean, that dwells people that are broken over their sin, hate their sin. Yeah. And they, they, they admit fault. They're just, that's why, that's why they're broken. It's why they're tearing up because it's not like they're, they're not they're not mad that they were a victim of circumstance they're mad at their own corruption and sin they hate evil and they want to kill that sin and they want to do what's right so yeah i think that that internal uh, um, reality of mm-hmm. uh, that there is evil in all of us and we've got to watch it we've got to guard against it i mean the scripture has a lot to say about that about keeping your heart guarding yeah. your heart yeah um, we've talked about that before and and joe it also talks about guarding like i have to guard your heart and protect you uh, well, I'm a delicate flower. Yeah. If you didn't garden, I got to make sure you're doing well. Yeah. I need you to cultivate the, the garden of my heart, really, which I mean is what I want you to do. I want to put soil and fertilize it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're definitely shovel a lot of fertilizer. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. So, um, but secondly, it said internal corruption and then temptation. Yeah. So there is an external aspect to this, right? Correct. So there, like, while it might not be the circumstances around you, there is the world coming at you, right? Yeah. The world and, and the enemy is still trying to bombard you, is still trying to to bring you down, is lure, still you. lure you uh, into uh, into this temptation. And so you have to be you have to be wary of that. So while you can't blame. Uh, other circumstances or other people, you can be smart. You can recognize those, yeah. I guess, triggers. For you better yourself. recognize. You better recognize. So, you know, uh, so just being careful then and knowing, okay, I can't go to certain websites, right? Not yeah. just, not just the, obviously the, the porn ones, but you can't maybe go to, I don't know, certain uh, Instagram accounts or, you know what I'm talking about? Sure, there's there's certain things out there that you just know. I when, cannot when you, go here. When you know, like I tend to, okay. So I was just actually, it's funny because this morning, um, part of my devotional time, I was outlining, um, sort of the practice of repentance mm. in, in, in very concrete ways. So working through the theology, working through all that, but then working through these very concrete ways that you practice habitual repentance. And, um, you know, and, and some aspects of it are on a personal subjective level, uh, not in a prescriptive level for everybody, but on yeah. a personal level to say, okay, um, there are certain people, there are certain places uh, that I cannot go to or associate with because when I go there, I know I will fall. So I don't go 
I don't, I'm not, I don't roll with those people. Hmm. I don't go to those places. And it doesn't mean that th- those people in those places are, are, bad. are bad. It means for you, you don't go there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do think that's a part of this, right? It's recognizing that the, that the core problem is an internal one. If you didn't have the core problem, then the temptations wouldn't have an impact on you. Mm. But you do have this, this temptation that comes at you and therefore it really kind of links up or syncs up with the deceitfulness of your own corruptions and you wind up falling into great sins. Great sins. That's what oh. backsliding is. It's not like – so listen, again, we've, we've got a sort of a, a distinction that can be made. There are sins mm-hmm. and there are great sins. Some sins are more heinous than others. Yeah. They have more dire consequences than others. Uh, they're more grievous than others. And um, that doesn't make any sin small, but it does make some sins – Large, large, very dangerous. So um, when this happens, and it, it's possible for you to wind up in this place, if you don't realize that this is possible for you, then you do not understand yourself, not just this doctrine. Now, uh, when this happens, mm-hmm. it's not over. No, we have hope. Because it says, it says, God has in the covenant of grace mercifully provided that believers so sinning and falling be renewed through repentance unto salvation. He doesn't leave you there. Oh, now, I mean, listen, when I, when I see a person playing the fool mm-hmm. and uh, I ain't nobody's fool, well, if the nobody's fool, nobody. Yeah. You know, it's on yeah, Cinderella. <laughs> uh, when I, when I see somebody acting like a fool, I kind of want to treat him like a fool. You know oh, what I mean? No, it's no, no. Like, I know. I know. What you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to, if you're going to play stupid games, Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get uh, you're, stupid prizes. You're going to win stupid Dang prizes. It, that's what I was about to say. God, yeah, well, I didn't look like, you, like you were confused. No, I was not. I, was, I set you up for that for a I know, spike. I know, and I was, like was going to say stupid. I wasn't going to say stupid prizes. I was going to say like stupid response. Yeah, that's not. How it goes. <laughs> so, yeah, but that, that's how it is. Like when I like, and that's, that's my, my response. Right. So like, um, and so when God sees us playing the fool, he doesn't go, all right, that's what you get, dummy. I'm going to leave you there. Yeah. He doesn't do that. He goes, yeah, you fell on your face, but I'm your dad. Yeah. And I love you. And he runs out and he grabs us and he he gives us a grace, mm-hmm. uh, a grace of repentance, right? And that's a part of the covenant promise, right? The covenant of grace is is such a covenant of grace that we can't break it. No. You cannot break the covenant of grace. It is God's promise to us that he will save us. That's all it is. We receive it, enter into that covenant by faith, and we're in, and we can't break it. So it's unlike the Mosaic covenant that could be broken. So uh, God promises to uh, to renew our faith. Now, it may be a period of time. Oh, yeah. Some people persist. God lets some people run long and hard. And, yeah, and some people, it's pretty short. Pretty yeah. And wow, what a kindness. Either way, it's a kindness that God would bring us back. But ooh, yeah. we've seen people run long. Oh, We've seen yeah. people run long. Still see people running long yeah. sometimes. And we're praying, like there are people that we pray about right now that like are just running. And uh, we're like, man, Lord, bring them back. Mm -hmm. And our hope is that God will bring them back. And we have confidence because we actually believe that, you know, in in certain cases, the one that I'm thinking about, the person's a believer. God's going to, God's going to bring them back. So we're just doing it. But there's this passage in Luke chapter 22. What does it say? It says, it's Jesus saying, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Which has got to be like maybe the scariest sentence I've ever read in my life. God yeah. wants to sift you like wheat. Uh, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. 
there's so much in there, right? Mm. First of all, Jesus prays for his people, right? Yeah. He, he, he lives on to intercede for us. Yep. Um, so he continues to pray for us. Jesus prayed for us in John 17. Jesus is telling Peter, I have prayed for you. Now, when Jesus prays, he prays perfectly. Mm. He prays in accord with the will of the Father. His prayers are going to be answered. So he says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Ultimately, his faith didn't fail. That's he right. fell. Oh, yeah. But he, his faith did not fail. His faith persevered. And it says, and when you have turned again, when, in other words, you will repent. Yep. You will, you're, you're, you're going to come back from this. What is he told to do? Strengthen your oh, brothers. Oh, man. So like God's going to use you and yep. your failure for good. Yeah. Even, yeah. Even your shortcomings glorify God. Yep. Because it's going to show God's power in you, through you, in mm -hmm. spite of you, and how he redeems and reforms and revives and matures. And we talk about this all the time. Especially with people that are going through some failure, yeah, and they they're like, man, I've really screwed up. I I feel embarrassed, and I, I don't know how I'm ever going to come out of this. And you know, one of the things that they really need to know is that God can redeem you out of this mess, reform your life, and then use you to strengthen other people. Mm. Like that can happen. You could become a model, not of perfection, but of God's grace through weakness. And, uh, so, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, this is something that's really encouraging is that even in the midst of failure, you can glorify God by coming out of it with a repentant heart that's right. and an eager, um, anticipation of how can I be now be faithful to the calling of my God. So repentance, repentance is the norm. It is, uh, a, it, it's an evangelical grace. Mm -hmm. it, it, it accompanies faith and therefore it leads to, to life and salvation. We love repentance, but we probably don't love it enough. No. Because right? uh, if we did, maybe we wouldn't need to do it so often. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like uh, that if any of us are, are going to experience revival, if we are experiencing revival, if we're experiencing significant spiritual growth, then repentance is a part of it. Keep that in mind. Don't get discouraged because you find yourself having to repent. Repentance is a mark of a Christian life. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeForStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.